Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. Okay, so Mike, this is our fourth contextualization of the book of Romans. And we explained last time about why contextualization is important. So now let's just go on and do it. Not only is the book of Romans a doctrinal masterpiece, and not only is it the pinnacle of God's story, and not only is it the practical implications of Jesus Christ, and not only is it trying to bring about harmony of God's people, but Romans is also written from a very human man, Mm. the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. And we need to contextualize the book of Romans into Paul's ministry. Yeah. Now he comes out and does this in chapter 15, mm-hmm. verse 22. <laughs> Excuse me. 1522. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I am no longer, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. So not only do I have the image of the Apostle Paul eating tapas in Spain, (laughs) but you also see that at present, Paul is working on collecting monetary help for the saints at Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and this is on his heart deeply. Yeah. Um, he's going to go to Jerusalem, take aid, mo- money to the saints, and then after that, he's done as much as he can at Macedonia and Achaia, so he's going to go over to Rome and then hopefully make it all the way over to Spain, which would have been mm-hmm. like the uttermost parts of the world for Paul. Mm-hmm. Tell us how we get here in Paul's ministry. Yeah. So just a a quick step back just with Paul himself, because we kind of skipped over him in our Acts telling just to focus on the bigger arcs. But Paul um, initially enters the story as a zealous Jew who's initially resistant to Jesus as Messiah and persecutes his followers to the point of even imprisonment and death. And yet Jesus appears to him and Paul's world is rocked. And from that moment on, he is um, 100% all in to live as Messiah, to die as gain, right? And and he's um, appointed as an apostle, um, but an apostle specifically for the nations or to the nations, right? Um, where all the apostles were to go into all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey, right? Paul seems to have a even more pointed and uh, special calling to the nations. And so um, that's what the story of Acts tells us. He'll go from city after city. He'll enter the Jewish synagogues and and establish try to establish common ground with his, his Jewish brethren, uh, oftentimes is, is rejected, and then will go to the, the nations. And what this, the passage you just read shows us, and he's he's 
gone all over the eastern half of the Roman Empire, from Jerusalem to Illyricum, preaching in all these different cities. And that's, that's again, the story of Acts and so many of the letters that we have bearing his name. But he he comes to uh, Romans, and we get to Romans, and he opens up his letter, Paul, a slave of Messiah Jesus, called an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, and he he unpacks that gospel in verses two through four. And, and then he says, it's through whom, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we've received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. And so again, his mission in life, as he saw it, was to bring the nations to obey, to, to that obedience of faith, to obey Jesus as Messiah and, and obey God and, 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 um, you know, it's it's more or less the same thing Jesus says at the end of Matthew 28. Again, go to all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey, make, m- discipling all nations, right? That's what Paul's doing. He's discipling all nations, um, bringing them to the obedience of faith. And, and so um, that's his appointed mission from God. And Rome is just such a... <laughs> Uh, meets those qualifications. There's a bunch of Gentiles, a bunch of non-Jews um, living in Rome who are serving the Messiah. And although he's not the first to go here and preach, um, he's wanting to establish a connection with them and preach the gospel among them that they may be established, as he says in, in a little bit later in chapter one. And so um, this is a good chance maybe to sort of step back and just just maybe give some bullet points for Here's sort of the multifaceted purpose of Romans, but is there anything else you want to say about that special mission to the Gentiles before I do that? Yeah, no, I mean, Paul wears that with him all the way to his death. I mean, his last, yeah. most likely, Second Timothy, he wears that as he, I th- and, and I, I think that's where he sees himself most like Jesus. Mm. One who was an Israelite serves the Gentiles. Yeah. And that's what Paul does. He yeah. suffers at the hand of his own countrymen more than he mm-hmm. does the Gentiles. Yeah. And through that suffering is then going to bring about the obedience of faith, even to the Gentiles. Yeah. And the only other contextual note I want to make here is Romans does seem to be a bit later in Paul's ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole timeline of Paul's ministry is, is there's a bunch of question marks with, but we're probably 25 or so years into Paul's ministry by mm-hmm. the time he writes Romans. Um, yeah. He's yeah. Romans. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, from the perspective of at least the Acts story, it talks about those three months there in Achaia at, in uh, Acts 20, right? Um, and is this probably when Paul wrote it, wrote Romans, right? He's in Corinth or Achaia for three months at the end of his third missionary journey. This is when he's writing Romans. He's got some chance to sort of step back and reflect and speak into the situation before he heads to Jerusalem to deal with the or to to um, take care of this donation. Yeah, and see, and that's and that's just what I love about Romans sixteen is you see the humanness of Paul in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said this in passing, but let me go back to it. Paul writes this letter from Corinth. I think it's pretty universally agreed, and he sends it with Phoebe. But then you go through all the names in chapter 16, and he says, greet Prissa and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They've made mm-hmm. it to Rome. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, that's like a movie I would love to yeah. watch. Mm-hmm. How in the world did these two tent makers make it to Rome to preach yeah. the gospel? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
if anybody on the chosen wants to make that their sequel, please let yeah, me there you go. I'd love to help with the script. Yeah. Uh, and you have I, I, in my class, I'm going to go into some of these names, but you, you have other friends of Paul that he wants to greet in Rome. And this is while he is at Corinth collecting money to take to needy saints at Jerusalem. Yeah. Yet let's just let's let's not put Rome, the, the letter to Romans rather, up on this high doctrinal platform and lose the yeah. humanness of the letter. Absolutely. Yeah. Lose the practical on the ground concrete realities of Jew and Gentile living together as the people of God. And this is an apostle who at the time is collecting money from Gentiles to take to Jews. Yeah. We, I mean, we might have we might have to have uh, an episode just on the collection as now that we're talking about it because there's so much good stuff absolutely. packed into this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I think that's one of the things that we forget about Paul that we think, you know, he just goes to synagogues and makes people angry when no, no. a great deal of his ministry was actually collecting money to take to needy. Yeah. Needy. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. That's 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 a that's a huge role of the apostle Paul. Um yeah. well, we could we could go off. So, of yeah. Well, so, so let, let let me step back and just just sort of lay out what I would call at least four points that make up Paul's purpose, because it's it's it it is there's multi, there's there's many reasons that contribute to the writing of this letter. Um, the first I'd say is Paul is extending his mission to the nations now to the saints in Rome, right? So that's the big picture of Paul zeroing in on Rome specifically, um, and and he mentions that multiple times in in chapter one, chapter fifteen, chapter sixteen. He he has a mission to bring the nations to the obedience of faith. Now he's he's focusing on Rome specifically. Um, from there, another purpose is then to pave the way for uh, uh, mission work in Spain. He's he's he wants to come and visit Rome and to to root in with them and to be encouraged by them and to encourage them and to share in each other's faith in the Lord. Um, but he's really setting his sights on Spain, as I said a minute ago. He's already covered the eastern half of the Roman Empire. If we were looking at a map, uh, he's now focusing on the western half of the Roman Empire. He wants to go all the way to the edge to Spain. And he's hoping that the Roman brethren will support him in that journey, much like Antioch had helped support his his eastern uh, travels. Um, And so to pave the way for his trip to Spain. The third, and this is this is where the other two are very maybe practical. This is practical too. So don't assume me, but this, this maybe has even more heart or oomph to it, uh, or maybe at least lands that way for us. But I'd say the third is then to address Gentile attitudes towards the Jews, towards his Jewish brethren, and even unbelieving Jews um, for the sake of unity, for the sake of, of unity. And, and that's the, the point we've covered the most. Um and then, and then the fourth point that I'd say is to establish then these Gentile believers in Rome in the gospel and to help them see their place within this purpose of God. Um, again, ultimately then with this vision of praise to the glory of God. Um, but those, those four points make up uh, th- th- maybe some other details in there that you'd point out, but, but that seems to be the, the, Big picture, why to to the answer? Why is Paul um, writing this letter? 
Yeah, uh, gracious, Mike. I mean, there's so, so, so many rich things there. I think I'll just say what I appreciate about that list is you are anchoring Romans in its historical reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, as we've said, we have to read Romans not as this abstract book about how to be saved. Yeah. But Romans is a book, again, it's aimed at unity of Jew and Gentile as the culmination of the story of God so that the offspring of Abraham may be the light to the nations. But I want to come back and then take this in with what you said, the mission. Why does the harmony of Jew and Gentile matter to this Spain mission? Put those things together for me. Yeah. um, I mean, on, on one hand, it's just, it's, it's God's, purpose, you know? And so if Paul is fulfilling his mission um, to bring the Gentiles to obedience, that that ultimately means Jew and Gentile are a part of this one people of God. And so unity is just um, a non-negotiable with the gospel. Um, there, there's there's probably some very practical nuts and bolts answers to that too. If, if he's hoping that Rome would be a, a a hub like Antioch, a support for him, and you've got frag fractures and fragments and divisions, they're not supporting his his mission in any sort of practical or helpful way either. So there may be some of that involved. Yeah, and, well. and that's and that's and that's more where I, I was thinking is Paul, I think, is preparing for his trip to Rome. He wants to go to Rome, yeah. clearly. Yeah. He, and he yeah. says in chapter 15, verse 30, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I think Paul is trying to work out some problems before he gets there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. It doesn't seem that the churches, plural at Rome, are experiencing the same level of like moral bankruptcy that the Corinthians no. were. No, yeah. And it doesn't even seem that there's the level of immaturity that no, the, absolutely. like the church, the Thessalonians would have had. Yeah. But there's still this problem of Jew and Gentile division that's not been fully worked through, that before yeah. Paul comes and is refreshed, and then he travels on to Spain, it still needs to be worked out. Let, let me let me read 15 verse 14. He, he says, and concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. So, so in, uh, on one level, they could do some of this self-correcting, right? And, and, and you know, uh, work, uh, they're mature enough to deal with some of these issues in-house. But he says in verse 15, but I've written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again, because of the grace that was given to me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest, right? So all that stuff we talked about, their Gentile mission, again, comes back to say like, yes, you're, you're, you know, their moral character, their knowledge, their maturity, they're able to admonish one another, but he's spoken boldly to remind them because he has this special mission from God to the Gentiles. And so he's, he's doing that. Yeah. And I mean, just again, this is another movie I'd love to watch, but Phoebe delivering this letter to the churches at Rome and 
certain Gentiles looking down when they know that Paul is talking about some of their arrogance. Yeah, sure. And knowing they need correction because they indeed are children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And then letting that message sink in. Mm-hmm. And then over time in the process of sanctification, Jew and Gentile then becoming one and the arrogance being replaced with love. Mm-hmm. And then Paul's welcomed in Rome and he eats with Jew and Gentile alike. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. And then that's when they're ready to send their beloved St. Paul onto Spain to send the gospel to the uttermost ends of the world. Yeah. That's, that was the goal of Romans. And I think that vision of Romans should be our vision of Romans. Absolutely. Yeah. That we as God's people are instructed more fully in the way of God to learn about the obedience of the faith to all nations and that the gospel can continue to spread. Yeah. So Mike, let me ask. Oh, I was going to say a a really wise observation I either heard or read at one point was just, just pointing out the the tragic irony is that, you know, a letter like Romans or Galatians that, that addresses this, this issue of justification by faith, right. In Paul's context and Paul's purpose that doctrine, that teaching is, is the basis that supports unity, right? In church history, that doctrine has become the, the basis of so much division and fighting and, you know, disagreement and all this sort of stuff, which is a tragic irony of, again, Paul's letter being distorted. Absolutely. That he would cringe. Yeah. Cringe at the commentaries that have been written on yeah. his works. So let me ask you this. I could be sarcastic and ask you why did Paul not write Romans? But okay. that's gonna be my conversation next time. Okay. So the, the question I want to end today with is why then did the apostle Paul write Romans? I don't know. To be honest with you, I have to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> to tell yeah. us how to be saved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To 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 say all of this most succinctly to to um, uh, strengthen unity between Jew and Gentile in Rome, um, so that with one accord and one voice they may glorify God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to Podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns.